You're listening to The Courage to Change, a recovery podcast. We are a community of recovering people who have overcome the odds and found the courage to change. Each week, we share stories of recovery from substance abuse, eating disorders, grief and loss, childhood trauma, and other life-changing experiences. Come join us no matter where you are on your recovery journey. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to the Courage to Change Recovery Podcast. My name is Ashley Low Blassingame, and I am your host. And today we have Q&A with Scott Drotchelman. Do you know what you say it wrong so many times that people okay, are, are going to believe it? No, no, okay. it's, it's My fine. Siri says Scott Drotchelman, but it's actually Scott Drockelman. <laughs> now we've cleared that up. I think this is a really good one and a really honest one. Thank you for the question. This is from T. I got sober two months ago and I don't know how to fix anything that I've done. They've been talking about this stuff in 12 step, but I just don't see how I can undo what I've already done. So that's from T wondering how to put the genie back in the bottle. T, I have great news for you. You do not have to know how you can put the genie back in the bottle. I don't think any of us really are able to know that even looking back. I can tell you that (laughs) there's no way I would have been able to foresee the things that happened. Most people I know would say exactly the same thing, that once you get into recovery, once you get sober, whatever that looks like, and you start to work a program, again, whatever that looks like, whether it's 12-step or not, your life starts to change and things flow and happen in ways that you can't picture. And the best advice I was given, just trust the process. Like, Shut the fuck up. If you knew how to do this stuff, you would have done it. Our best thinking got us to where we are, right? We, this is, we're the ones like this was, these were our best and brightest ideas that got us here. None of us come in on a winning streak. Every single person who comes to program to get into recovery, even if it's not as bad, whether it's emotional or physical or legal or otherwise, they're not coming in on a winning streak. That's not how it goes. The story is the same as all of us did the next indicated step, you know, as, as, as a friend of mine says, we do Sunday things on Sunday. When you do Sunday things on Sunday, you do Monday things on Monday, so on and so forth. Your life starts to fall together. And to try to predict what that would look like or to try to figure it all out is going to be as doom and gloom as it probably is feeling because there's just no, I mean, I could not have, as I think Steve Jobs said, you cannot connect the dots looking forward. It's just not, it's not possible. So, but what you can do is what hundreds of thousands and millions of people have done before you, which is do the next indicated step is follow the instructions as they're written, do the work. And what we believe is our miracles because they seem impossible will start to happen and your life will fall together. And I've seen it so many times. I've seen nurses get their license, you know, their license to practice back. People get their families back, their spouses. I've seen people who were homeless find housing, I mean, just things in ways you wouldn't have predicted. And so suit up and show up, continue to go, do the next indicated step, follow the program and it will fall together. 
I remember hearing a story about a lake that I think it was like copper mining. It was like all the spill off from the copper mines ended up, it was like the most toxic lake, you know, that you could possibly imagine. And then something happened. And like over time, it was not that long either. I want to say it was like 10 years. All of a sudden, like life forms started to populate this space, right? Like this, this completely toxic environment, life found its way in and it started to flourish in a place that it didn't seem like it could possibly flourish. Do you have any stories like that from your own experience where you were like, that is bombed out. That is, there is no hope there. There's, this is never going to repair. This is never going to heal. Life will not return. And something happened kind of miraculous where something showed up when you didn't think it was going to be there anymore. Yeah. I mean, so one example, my sister didn't speak to me for two years. One of my sisters didn't speak to me for two years because she decided, because I kept relapsing and she was like, you guys, she would say to my family, you keep giving Ashley chances and chances. She's already shown she can't stay sober. She's going to die. And you guys are just delaying the inevitable. And her view was, why am I going to invest in something that is going to, is going to die? I mean, that was quite literally her belief in her coping mechanism was to treat me like I was already dead, which was extremely painful, right? And sad for me and everybody else. And, you know, my other sister, my parents would come to family weeks or they would participate in my recovery in different ways and she would not. And after two years of just suiting up and showing up, staying sober, honoring her boundaries, staying in communication with the rest of my family, etc., she started to see that maybe this wasn't temporary and maybe I was going to stay sober and started to build a relationship with me. It wasn't quickly and I would just show up to things and ask how I can help and be a part of her life and just be honest which was a big part of making amends. And just slowly over time, our relationship built back from someone who literally wouldn't talk to me. And when I say wouldn't talk to me, I mean that when I overdosed and was in the hospital and they were like, we don't know you know, what her status is, if she's going to make it through the night, whatever. I was hooked up to an, a Narcan IV. Normally they give you a shot. Okay. So I was hooked up to a Narcan IV that was continuously pumping, which was a fucking terrible experience. She did not come to the hospital. Everybody else came to the hospital. She did not come. When I say that, like, she was just not interested. She was not interested. And now we're, you know, thick as thieves. I think if you had told me that it was going to play out that way, again, I couldn't see that. I mean, I could, she was done. She was fucking done with me. Those types of things where I suited up, I showed up. My sister, she was not, I, I suppose my both my sisters, but she was not allowed at people's houses because of things I did years prior. Like they were persona non grata because their older sister was a problem. So it was absolutely known around the our area who I was, you know, that I was a troubled kid, etc. Then I, you know, was sober a couple of years and I was showing up. I would show up to things that both my sisters would do. I, you know, part of the family, not necessarily really publicly, but publicly enough so that people knew I would come home for the holidays. I was, you know, active, blah, blah, blah. When my sister sister was in high school, a group of her friends wanted to go to a concert and their parents wanted me to be the sober guardian uh, and drive all these kids to a concert and make, you know, take care of their well-being. I was put in, I mean, 
families who absolutely know knew how I had been. And I, I could tell you lots of like little stories like that where I suddenly became the person people trusted in a scenario where that was never going to be foreseeable given what had been happening. And really the fact that it's not just forgiveness, right? It's like people seeing the change in you and being willing to, you know, trust you again. You know, my my dad gave me a house key, which was a big, de- you know, that was a huge deal. My dad once said to me, you know, I have locks on my doors to keep people like you on the outside of them. So obviously a lot of that framework was stuff that you were getting in 12 step. Do you feel like that there were like specific things that you did outside of maybe that curriculum that was really a necessary step in in having those relationships kind of come back together? The interesting thing for me about cuz I'm not I'm not particularly religious, but the interesting for me about what 12 step taught me was how to be a person because I didn't know how I know this sounds crazy, but like I literally didn't know how to be a person. I didn't know I had skills. I knew how to wire tap to an empty radio frequency so that I could listen, you know, so I can listen in on what someone was doing in a whatever. Like I knew how to do really, really strange skills, but I did not know how to turn utilities on. I did not know. I didn't know when I was 18. I didn't know what credit was. I'm not talking about how it worked. I didn't know what it was. I'm the person they called and they were like, you won a camera. Give us your bank account number. And I'm giving them my bank account number. I like, I was so adept at like this underworld and completely unprepared to live on my own. And yet I lived on my own out of state, away from my family, coming out of being very institutionalized. And so there was a lot of learning to do for me that was embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, mostly embarrassing, scary. Like I I could be taken advantage of. And like this was a world I didn't understand how to function in. And maybe it was just better that I didn't function in this world. Right. It was already hard enough. Doing the next indicated step, sticking with the winners, finding people who have what you want and do what they did. That wasn't part of the steps, the 12 steps. It was the people that I met who were in recovery, who were doing those things, who had been there, who could help me. It wasn't necessarily the program itself. Interestingly, because I shared that I was in recovery with people or because I was open about it, I never knew this until recently, until, and this was 20 plus years ago. My landlord, when I first, the first place I ever got by myself, my landlord was in recovery and I had no idea. And I did not find this out till recently. We're still friends on Facebook, he and his wife, but his, he would come and check on me and he would say, if you need to ever need anything, you let us know if you ever blah, blah, blah. And he, he and his wife were so kind to me. What I've noticed over the years is that there've been people who program or they had a kid who was program or they were somehow connected to the recovery community who have somehow been peripherally in my life that have helped me along the way, even when I didn't know it. I also stayed in therapy. I also, you know, furthered my education. I read every book I could get my hands on. I I got the private school list of summer school reading that kids had read in high school. And I read all of those so that when I went to 
to school, like maybe I would know references because I was so worried about being, you know, behind or embarrassed. And what ended up happening was I ended up being ahead because I was so nervous about being behind that I, of course, overdid it. But these are the types of things like it was a whole attitude about how I was going to enter into the next and, and an honesty that I didn't know what I was doing. It's hard to do in an auditory format, but how does the secret handshake go again? Like if you want to <laughs> tap into this network, is it like two? Is it like the pinky and the ring finger together? No, there is an audible. There is an audible one. Okay, let's tell it. Which is a friend of Bill. Mm-hmm. Are you a friend of Bill? Are you a friend yeah. of Bill W? So would you recommend anytime you're like looking for a place or you need a dinner reservation or anything like that? Should you just kind of toss it out there to see? I mean, it sounds silly, but like there are so... I mean, I had a teacher in community college who turned out to be, and I, I still see, you know, go to meetings years later. I've had professors at UCLA. I have had people who I'm working with who are like, hey, by the way, my husband has that had that experience. You know, it's like anything. It could be anything, right? It could be an autoimmune disease. It could be people find out that you've been through a similar experience. Oh, I was adopted or whatever. That network is very, very large and very interconnected because we have to be, right? Because I always say like community is not optional. And so when you have that intensity of community and people understand that it's tough in the world, especially for someone coming into the I like didn't have any other experience. They want to help you. Like they want you to succeed. It's a group of people who really, we celebrate each other's successes. I think a lot of places that is people are jealous or they, you know, there's not the level of like true celebration for people's successes and a true investment in people, maybe at church, um, true investment in people's success. You, you know, you have people coming into recovery who don't know how to read and they teach them to read. They never had a job, they, whatever it is. And I had my form of that. And there were a lot of grown up. I learned how to be a grown up in recovery. I love my parents and they did the best job that they could, but there wasn't time for them to teach me how to function in the real world because they were trying to stop me from getting arrested or stealing vehicles or tapping the house, or they were trying to find me because I ran away to Mexico or I was kidnapped or I tried to stab my father, whatever it was. I mean, these were, these were real situations that there was no time to be like, Hey, Ash, if you get a credit card that they give to you and you spend all the money on it, then you owe that money plus more money. And you can't just keep opening credit cards because it'll hurt your credit. My what? Your credit. Oh, hey, Ashley, when you write a check, you need to have the money in the account to clear the check that the fee that they charge you for insufficient funds is not the interest on the loan that they just gave you. I thought they were, it was a loan and that was my interest payment. It's these types of things you come in and you're like, how am I ever going to function? All these people know this stuff already. How am I ever like, I'm trying to not drink, which is hard enough as it is. And now I have to figure out how to play this game, how to function in this world when I'm already behind. Those are the types of things. And then you, you, you find people, find people who have what you have and do what they did. I love that. Well, T, I hope that was helpful because I think there's a lot 
of helpful steps there and maybe what to look for and to realize, I think even just approaching the world with a mentality that there are people out there who want to help you. I think that even just that, that lens shift can be huge as as opposed to the world's against me. They know everything I did. They're all harboring resentment towards me. Instead, it's like, no, there are people out there who want to try to help me out of this hole. So yeah, I hope that that was helpful. Ashley, if somebody wants to get a question on the show like T, how do they do that? You can email us at podcast at lionrock.life. That is podcast at L-I-O-N-R-O-C-K dot life. Anything to leave them with, Ashley? Yes. If this was helpful to you, please share it with someone who you think it might be helpful for. And we really, really appreciate anytime people leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts. It is so helpful. Podcast currency. I say it on here all the time. Please, if this podcast has been helpful to you, please go rate and review us in Apple Podcasts. It helps us tremendously. It is free. It takes two to three minutes and we very much appreciate it. And you. All right, friends, have a great week. This podcast is sponsored by lionrock.life. Lionrock.life is a diverse and supportive recovery community offering weekly over 70 online peer support meetings, useful recovery information, and entertaining content. Whether you're newly sober, have many years in recovery, or you're recovering from something other than drugs and alcohol, we have space for you. Visit www.lionrock.life today and enter promo code COURAGE for one month of unlimited peer support meetings free. Find the joy in recovery at lionrock.life.